queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Plourde, and this is The Village, The Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Tom was a, a, a lovely man. He uh, was a highly intelligent kid as well. He um, was studying at uh, St. Andrew's University in, in Scotland. But clearly he had his challenges. He had poor mental health. He was really struggling to, to get through that. That's David Parfit talking with As It Happens from London, England last night about his son, Tom. Before we continue, I want to let you know that this segment will contain discussions of suicide. Tom Parfit died from suicide just over two years ago. My uh, overriding emotion, uh, particularly as we're in the holiday season, is, is sadness. It's the time I probably miss my son the most. And really what I want to focus on is how we prevent other people falling into this trap. David says his son Tom ended his life with the help of a man from Mississauga, Ontario, named Kenneth Law. Police in the UK and in countries around the world have been investigating Law for running websites that allegedly sold sodium nitrate and other items that could be used for self-harm. And now, here in Canada, Law has been charged with 14 counts of second-degree murder in connection with 14 deaths in Ontario. He intends to plead not guilty, according to his lawyer. Luke Rinaldi is a freelance journalist who recently wrote about Kenneth Law for Toronto Life magazine. He's with me in studio now. Luke, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Who's Kenneth Law? Kenneth Law, uh, this guy from Mississauga. Um, Until very recently, he worked at the Royal York Hotel as a cook there. And uh, the reason we know his name is because uh, when the pandemic started, he lost his job and needed a new line of income. And he started selling what, you know, we now call suicide kits, or as he called them, poison. What did you hear from people in your investigation about what kind of person he was? The person who I think was the most revealing source for me was someone who wasn't supposed to talk to me from the Royal York. Um, this and is I the learned, hotel that he was working in. Yeah, and I learned that he was he was not a particularly popular guy in the kitchen. He uh, he started working there, didn't seem to know what he was doing, wasn't really receptive to training, um, defensive when people gave him feedback about how he could improve, um, and he didn't have a lot of friends. Um, and uh, there was a picture painted of, of Kenneth as someone who was a bit of a social pariah. The allegation is that at some point he started selling this substance, sodium nitrite, online. On its own, it's a legal substance, right? That's correct. What is, it, what is it used substance. for? It's used for curing meat. Um, so it's, it's sort of used in the preparation of, of charcuterie boards, cold cuts, that kind of thing. And it, it is a perfectly legal substance, yes. What was going on, though? The allegation was that he was not just selling these people a chemical, that he was somehow responsible for their deaths. So help me understand that. Right. The allegations are that Kenneth was not just operating sites where people could order these 
chemicals, but that he was corresponding with his customers and instructing them on how to use those substances to end their lives. Um, and, you know, having phone calls, exchanging emails where he would provide instructions. And in some cases, it seems like there's evidence to say that even encouragement to buy these things and have them ready for their use. And this was through a number of different websites? Yeah, that's right. He operated at least five websites. Um, and uh, they, they all felt quite similar. I've seen a number of them. Um, and they all sold similar products. How significant is it in your mind, given all of that, the police have now laid second degree murder charges against Kenneth Law? That was huge. It, it honestly surprised me. Um, because in my reporting, I thought a lot through the charges that he had received at the point that I finished my reporting, which was counseling or aiding suicide. And to me, that seemed like an, a, an obvious charge. Second degree murder, murder is obviously a, a greater charge. Um, and it will be interesting to see how they go about trying to prove that. Um, the prove police, intent in some way. Yes, yes. And, and the police held a press conference yesterday that, you know, they said, we've, we've uncovered ex evidence in our investigation that we think we can make these charges stick. We heard David Parfit at the beginning of the conversation talking about his son, Tom, and Tom's death. What was David's role in getting police more interested in Kenneth Law in the first place? David plays, played a huge role. Um, when his son died, uh, he initially didn't know about Kenneth Law. He, he had no idea. It took him months to piece together that this package that his son had used had come from some guy in Mississauga. And he sort of pieced it together. And he went to police. Police didn't seem to think they could do anything. They said, this is a legal substance. Um, we're not sure we can really do anything to this guy. He followed up with his MP, which happened to be the former UK Prime Minister, Theresa May. And she sort of, you know, pushed the, the file and the police again took a look at it. But it wasn't until he approached the Times in London. The Times London. of London. Yes, that's right. And, and a, a reporter and editor there named James Beale did a piece where he posed as an undercover buyer. And once that came out, I think, you know, police looked at it and they said, okay, I, I th you know, we need to act here. What did the reporter do? So he got on the phone. He called Kenneth Law pretended to be a customer who was interested in buying one of these packages and, uh, you know, sort of had a conversation about what he was doing, how many packages he sold, how to use the, the, the powder. Um, and uh, as far as we know from the, the audio, Kenneth Law was incredibly candid about selling these substances and knowing that they were being used can I, go back, can I go back to something that you said earlier, which was in just in your initial answer and talking about who he was, people are trying to figure out the motivation mm. that might be behind this alleged behavior. What do you understand as, as, as what his motivation might've been? As far as I can tell, there are two sort of possible motivations. The first is based on James Beale's reporting. When he was talking to Kenneth Law, this came up and his, uh, his reasoning uh, Kenneth's was my, you know, he said, my mother was very ill. She was bedridden. Uh, she was not having a good quality of life. Mm -hmm. And she had to, she stayed alive because I believe he said his father was, just didn't believe in the idea of, of what we call made now medical assistance in dying. Um, and so he, he sort of presented selling these things as an altruistic 
venture, giving people sort of a dignified way to die. Uh, of course, now in Canada, there is legal aid, and, and, you know, we could have a conversation about whether that kind of uh, service is needed. Uh, the second motivation is that, you know, the Globe and Mail also spoke with him before he was arrested. And they, you know, brought this up again and sort of pressed him as to how he could do such a thing. And he said, look, I need an, in I need an income. That he you lost have, his job during the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, you have to understand, I lost my job. I need money just like everyone else. He has said through his lawyer that he intends to plead not guilty to these charges. We mentioned that the police in the UK have been investigating. No charges have been laid there at this point. Authorities in, what, New Zealand, France, Ireland, Italy, Germany, and Switzerland have all confirmed that law shipped packages to addresses in those countries. How many people is he alleged to have sold this substance through these websites to? Police say that he sent over 1,200 packages. 1,200. That's correct. Um, we know uh, that there are about 160 within Canada. Um, and we know that these packages went out to about 40 countries, according to what police have told us. Police were asked yesterday in that news conference whether he should be, I mean, again, these are allegations, but whether he should be considered a serial killer. Yeah. What, do you, what do you make of that? The, the response to police was cautious. Yeah. Um, that's a, a difficult question for me, too. Um, some of that will come out in the evidence that's being presented <laughs> by, by police, but it's a really, I mean, given the numbers that you've said, yeah. that's where people's heads are going to go in some yeah. ways. And, and I, I certainly wouldn't argue with someone who were to use that term. You know, I think in journalistic terms and mm. using a term like serial killers is a little bit difficult for me to do wholeheartedly, but certainly you can make that argument. And, and it's, a, it's a new kind of serial killer, um, not, you know, somebody going out and, and committing the murders himself, presently physical. In part because, again, these are allegations, but there's a role of online discussion forums in all of this. What is that role in the story? Yeah, my reporting revealed that almost everyone who I could confirm bought from Kenneth Law found him on a particular forum or online forums um, where people discuss suicide. Mm. And it seems to me that Kenneth was on those forums um, you know, advertising essentially what he had. And it seems like other people, once they discovered Kenneth's websites, were also sort of posting links to his websites on those, on those forums. And so there's young people on those sites who are vulnerable, feeling depressed, feeling anxious. And, uh, you know, they're in sort of their darkest moments. And that's when his websites pop up. Just before I let you go, we aren't naming those forums. Yeah. We're being very cautious in the language that we're using and talking about this. There's been a lot of care in the media uh, around talking about suicide. That's an ongoing conversation. But how concerned were you as you investigated this story about um, the possible unintended consequences of bringing attention to what Kenneth Law was alleged to have been doing? I was incredibly concerned. There was a, po a point at, in my reporting at which I said, maybe I shouldn't do this story um, because we're talking about sort of a novel substance, uh, a novel means of suicide, which is something that the reporting guidelines say you probably shouldn't talk about. Um, and that was a long discussion I had with my editor. Um, I also chose not to name the forums because I don't want to lead people to it. but. Even in the back of my mind, even today, I think, you know, talking about this, writing about this, there's a chance that someone hears this and um, their mind goes to the worst possible place. Um, but I think my, my, the, the part of my brain that's, that's more powerful is saying we can't ignore these things. 
We can't pretend they don't exist. What we need to do is talk about them in a positive way and make sure people know there's hope um, and there are reasons to stick around and people are loved. That's the overwhelming response that I got when I talked to parents and families. Their, their loved ones were loved. Luke, thank you very much. My pleasure. Luke Rinaldi is a freelance journalist who recently wrote about Kenneth Law for Toronto Life magazine. He was with me here in our studio in Toronto. The climate is changing. So are we. I'm Laura Lynch, and I host What on Earth? That's CBC's Climate Solutions podcast. Twice a week, we take you around the world to find the people who are trying to build a better future for all of us. We explore Indigenous science, new technologies, We talk openly about mental health and climate anxiety. We also take your smart questions all the time. Come find What on Earth wherever you get your podcasts. Gerald Cohn's brother, Benjamin, died by suicide in February after placing an order online from Kenneth Law. Gerald Cohn is in Des Plaines, Illinois. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning. I'm sorry for what you and your family have gone through. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. When you learned that there were these second-degree murder charges laid here in Canada, what went through your mind? Well, the first thing that, you know, really stuck out was the word murder. Um, You know, I also feel like, you know, you guys use the term, you know, some people are discussing, you know, a serial killer. And that's essentially what it feels like. The numbers are so large that it needs to be labeled something. So to finally hear this man who is distributed over a thousand packages worldwide is being charged with murder is, I feel like finally for the first time we're in the right direction. Hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about, about your brother? You called him Benji. Just tell me briefly about Benji. Yeah. Benji, um, Benji was three years younger than me. So we, we grew up fairly close. Um, we we didn't have a father growing up, so it was just a single mom, and she was the best. Um, always made sure we were together, um, looked after one another, and he he really had that personality where he will do anything for anyone, no matter how well he knew you. Um, but at the same time, he struggled with that image, um, that image of if I'm going to do something for someone, I need to be strong. I need to be. I'll have all my ducks in a row. So therefore, um, he kind of struggled showing, letting people see the real vulnerable side of him. Mm. And, and unfortunately those forums that you, you guys discussed was, uh, the perfect place for him to run and get just sucked in to. I mean, I know, and it's difficult to talk about, so only say what, what you're comfortable in saying, but where was he at? kind of at, at, at the time uh, toward the end of his life. W- 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 how was he? Yeah, well, you know, talking to all his friends, they they had no idea anything was going on mm. because he was so good at masking it and hiding what was really bothering him and how bad it really was. So he would start to distance himself um, physically from people, but he would still, you know, reply to text messages and phone calls and, and uh, almost like put on an act for a few minutes as if everything is okay. Um, when deep down he was really, really struggling and um, you know, he had just gotten out of a long-term relationship so that, you know, that kind of bothered him as well. And it was just, um, 
a lot of financial issues um, he was struggling with. And that was another thing that he, he felt like he couldn't let people know about because he was embarrassed by. And um, it just he just almost like fed the depression, you know, with all these things. And it got worse and worse and worse. Why do you believe that that Kenneth Law was somehow involved in in your brother's death? Yeah, so I, I actually was the one um a few months after my brother passed, they the police um released his uh cell phones um back to me and on a suicide um letter that he left behind to me, he said please make sure my brother gets my phone. Um, so when I got his phone, I, I just felt like there was something he, he wanted me to find Mm. and, and going through it is when I, I eventually found, um, the, the SN that he purchased. And, um, then I found where he purchased it from. And that's when I saw Kenneth Law's, uh, he used his own emails through those websites as almost like a receipt. And, um, that's what led me to Kenneth Law and, then it just was a snowball effect from there. So, you know, it, even though he, my brother ordered them from different websites, all those websites were from Kenneth Law. Hmm. And and so in my mind, Kenneth Law 100% supplied my brother with those items. His lawyer has said that he's planning to plead not guilty to the charges here in Canada. Do you know if there are investigations going on where you live right now by police? Yes, there are. Um, last week, uh, my mother and I met with uh, the FBI here in Chicago, and um, they they pr- already knew about Kenneth Law. Um, they're building a case right now, um, and hopefully, you know, something good will come of it. Right now, um, we've they've assured us we've pretty much have taken it as far as we can go um, by bringing everything to light. Um, with the FBI, and now it, it, we'll see what um, what umbrella it falls under. You mentioned the the online forums, and we talked about this with Luke as well. That that, as you said, kind of sucked your brother in. Um, oh yeah. We spoke with Camille Kenville, who is the CEO of the Canadian Mental Health Association's Ontario Division. She's been calling for more government action here in Canada to deal with those online forums that host some of these discussions about suicide. Have a listen. It's unfathomable to my colleagues and I who are in the business of helping people who struggle with their mental health or have mental illness, that this exists. Without question, we'd like to see the federal government act on shutting this forum down and really just model other countries that have taken that action. Jerry, just in the last couple of minutes that we have, what do you think needs to happen? I heard you, as I mentioned the forums, you kind of groaned. Um, What needs to happen to make sure that that what happened to your brother doesn't happen in future to other families. Yeah. I, I, the, for, for starters, the forums need to come down. The only problem is my brother was so smart and he would find a way to find something similar. So, I mean, unfortunately when my brother is going down that road, there's not much anyone can do um because he won't talk about it he'll just go do his own research but as far as like i've i've gone on those forums and they are probably the most difficult thing to read um my brother made his last um post on that forum and the people that encourage it on there 
it just breaks my heart. And to your point, and they need to come down. Yes, they need to. I know it's difficult because they're you know overseas and whatnot, but there needs to be something done where the websites can be blocked. Do you feel we're almost out of time? But do you feel what's happened in the kind of as this case develops is giving you some kind of comfort, given what your family has gone through? Yes, definitely. Because I feel like finally, you know, someone is listening to mm. us, um, and and that's all we ever wanted was someone to at least just listen to us and and help us with this fight. Jerry, I'm really glad to talk to you about this. It's hard, but it's important. Thank you very much. Thank you, Matt. Gerald Cohn is Benjamin Cohn's brother. Benjamin is one of the many people whose suicide is allegedly linked to Kenneth Law. If you or someone you know is struggling, you can get in touch with Canada's new suicide crisis helpline. You can call or text 988. That's 988. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.